Hi, I'm Deanna Robbins. And I'm Christy North. Welcome to Pieces of a Woman podcast, where we explore all the pieces that make up a woman, mind, body, and soul. We are two everyday women who have survived, thrived, been defeated, humbled, and spent our lives committed to embracing all complexities of being a woman. This podcast is dedicated to all women, all women searching for real conversations. We are going to be exploring everything from sexuality, aging, menopause, physical and mental health, spirituality, marriage, divorce, and blended families. Everything is on the table, except politics. Every episode will be committed to engaging conversations that will include interviews with influential women, leaders, healers, authors, and good friends. Thank you for taking this journey with us. So this is episode two of Turn the Mic on Christy North. Hopefully you spent some time or maybe while you were sleeping, you got to listen to episode one of Christy North. (laughs) I doubt it. But either way, you probably want to listen to episode one before you segue into episode two, just so that you can kind of have some context on how this story kind of wraps up. But Scott, Deanna's husband, does a really good job of, you know, asking really good questions of getting to know who I am. So for our listeners to really understand who your hosts are, uh, we're kind of giving the opportunity for some questions of who we are. And this month in May, it's me, and we're going to turn the mic on Deanna next month. But uh, my husband gets to participate a little bit, so you're going to get a little bit of context on somewhat of my childhood, a little bit of my mid-adult uh, life, and kind of where I am today. So hopefully you got to listen to episode one, so you kind of wa- know what you're walking into. Uh, if not, uh, either way, we hope you enjoy. No, and I want to say, Christy, thank you for being so gracious to be bombarded with questions. Scott could have talked to you. He was hitting you with a lot of questions. So anyway, I appreciate you being so honest and open and thank you. So we hope all our listeners listen to uh, getting to know Christy a little bit more and turn the mic on Christy um, and what all the pieces of a woman that make her who she is today. I, you know, you said that word armor. I like that word a lot. And I, I raised, I have two girls. I mean, my girls have no effing clue how to live a life like you did. Oh, I think it's, I think now we're so, I think our generation, we went through, you know, I didn't go anything through anything like you did, but, you know, there were certain things that I didn't want my kids to deal with. I didn't want my kids to deal with a lot of the um, religious things and the shame and things that that brought up. And so, you know, it was literally a 180 for, for me. Because I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have my kids grow up with any of that. Mm-hmm. And so I think to to what you were saying, Christy, is that I wanted to turn the tide for for my kids and and have them, you know, have a better life. Which sometimes we go way too far, right? So we met, we've made it way too easy for them. I think in in a lot of respects. Well, we always say, you know, Kenny and I have this running joke, like. We were 
good parents. We weren't great. <laughs> so <laughs> we won't say we were great and we're I'm pro- a B we, average parent. Yeah, I'm a B. We, you know, we sometimes probably, C sometimes a C, a C but but I wasn't a D, so I wasn't I'm a D or an F, but you know, we I, I feel like yes, did we turn kind of like you said the tide a little bit? Yeah. Yes. But do my kids still need therapy? I'm sure I'm they do. <laughs> but here's the truth. Here's the truth. Until you have children of your own. Right. You, I, I really believe the majority of parents do the best that they know how to do. And they want to be good parents. But you also, they're bringing in, Dr. Juliana brought this up. You're, you know, we're bringing in baggage. Your parents are bringing in baggage that they have. And as a child, you never know what your parents' baggage was. And no, they never talked about it. No, nobody ever talked about it. Anything about it. And, you know, watching my kids now become parents, it's changed their whole perspective of, you know, you just try to do the best. So we, our generation, which I talked to Barbara about this today, our generation, we wanted, I didn't want my kids to live in a bad neighborhood. I didn't want them to have bad experiences. I, you know, it was just it was too much protection because I think some of the hardship we didn't even know it defined it. It made us who we are. We wanted to protect our kids, but we didn't know the consequence of protecting them from that. Right. Right. So, and you know, this is a common theme of with you, Deanna and Christy of your youth shaped you where I truly feel it. You guys have basically said, I can do whatever I'll figure it out. And it's, I will do it. You know, and it's going to be rough, but I've been rough. So let's do it. Let's go. I don't have all the answers. But, I mean, that's where I look at you guys, you ladies, compared to my childhood, which I had nothing close to what you guys had. But you guys are scrappers. You're fighters. Not to get what you want, but to get what's better for you. I mean, I guess it is what you want, but you're like... I need to get out of this situation. I, I have to be in a better situation. I've got to keep moving up and moving better. Um, whereas people who might have had a little more privileged lifestyle go, I don't need that because I already go to a great school and my dad just gave me a nice car. Right. And at a school, my dad, like my dad's friend gave me a nice job. Well, it's different. It's a, it's a different It's totally life. different. It's a different generation. But it's... look at... I look at you and Deanna and both your successes and how you got there. It is on I or me. Well, I think what's in, what's interesting, and we're not we're gonna we're gonna have to totally unplug on Deanna one day. Oh yeah, right. We're turning the mic on Deanna. We're gonna yeah, turn, turn the, the mic, mic on Deanna. But I think that what I'm getting out of the majority of all of this is that you guys have decided that you are not going to be a victim, and I think that was a tipping point at some point in your life that you decided whether it was you at 12 or you're at whatever age that you are we'll find that out Deanna Um, not today not today but I think that um, I think that mentality has carried you through your lives and is and has had you guys make the decision and I do remember the time when we bought our house 23 years ago and Christy walked out on the deck and said, yeah, we're going to buy this and I'm never leaving. Like, I was like, okay. 
And I came from a family that had moved, you know, probably 12 times just because my parents always wanted to move up and move different. But yeah, that was, it was an interesting, it was an interesting moment. You still and remember that? I still remember that. Oh, I remember the day that we... I yeah. walked out on the deck and I said, you won't get me out of this house. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You know, um, one of the other, you know, parts of my figuring out what I was, what my life was going to look like and who I was going to be and what I was going to do and, you know, this is my story and this is, this is what my belief was. It doesn't mean that it's, I'm prescribing it to yeah, everybody out there. That's what but, you did. But, um... I want to be sensitive to how, you know, certain people have different opinions on this, but the one main piece that I took from my childhood was I will never need a man, but I want a man. Those are fighting words. And so I spent my life living by that. And I raised my girls with that message. It's you actually, want a man, but you don't need him. It's actually something I wrote down because you have mentioned just in this podcast four times your mom was a hardworking single mother. And so the question I have is, what is, before you were, let's say, age 9 to 15, what did it mean to you to, to have a partner, to have a boyfriend, whatever, I mean, did you, were you just, did that even come into play? Well, at the time being young, I watched my mom struggle and I watched her, you know, just try to men? make ends meet with uh, whether it was men in relationships or how much our, she did get married during my childhood and our life changed financially. Oh, you know, okay. for the first time, we moved into a beautiful home. Mom got to stay at home. She was cooking. I mean, it was it was a life changing moment for us, and it lasted maybe two years. Mm. And they divorced, and I have that one snapshot moment of mm. what that looked like for her to be in that life world, world. in that world. Mm. And um, I watched her struggle, and my mom. My mom, she, and she might say differently, but to, in my mind, mom thought she needed a man for her to have a different life. life. That was okay. her perspective. That was my perspective. Okay. Yeah. And Do you think that was hers at the time? Looking back on now, do, she, do you think she's like, I need to marry a good man so I can provide for my family? I believe that was what it was. Part of it? I do. And it was I, a different time. I it was mean, a different time. Sure, sure, sure. For yeah. sure. And I think, and that was kind of a common... Um, a common um, agreement with like all of her siblings, all the sisters. It was about having a state, a stable, secure life, but it was because you had a man and he could financially provide for you. And so I learned really early, oh no, that is not going to be me. I will never depend on a man. Did you ever in the... Because you're, let's say, getting older now and you're starting to find career and work and make some money, be independent on your own. Did you ever hit the roadblock of you're a woman, we're going to give the job to a man? 
Did you ever feel lessened because you're a woman? I'm looking back and I'm kind of like looking through the different positions that I had and I don't think I ever, I don't know that I experienced that and I think probably because I didn't pay attention to it. I, I was so focused on what I was going to do. God, see, that's focused, man. I didn't really think about that. And it probably happened. But that's not where my focus was. Hmm. That is a really good point. Because you can let... My point of that is, if you're focused on it, even if it's happening, you kind of push it away because you're just still going forward. Yeah. I, yeah, you're I, like, I, okay, I, that's done. Next thing. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I got to find something else. I was very driven. I was very focused. I knew, you know, I knew what I wanted. I didn't know how it was all going to happen. I didn't know what it was going to look like. I didn't know how I was going to get there. But I was on this track of, I'm going to grow. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I ever had that put in front of me. And if it was, I wasn't aware. Well, and I get, I'm, I'm sort of, and to tie this back into your mom in the sense that you, sounds like you did not have very strong male role models. That would you be agree with that? 100%. So I didn't get to meet, I didn't even get to meet her dad until we were married for what 10 years oh my gosh really? like 10 years i didn't even know wow. who he was or i just knew that he lived somewhere in idaho never communicated every once in a while she would get a card you know a happy birthday um but it really took i think christy wanting to to reconnect at some point in time. No, he almost he almost died. Oh, that's right. He almost died, yeah, and so she found him. out, and then, and then we, yeah, then we went up there, yeah. and she started reconnecting with him. And I think, obviously, when somebody almost dies, and they know their, you know, they start looking back at their lives, and so we've had a couple. We've actually had quite a few different events in Christie's life that I've been shocked about because she comes to me and goes, uh, hey, guess what? Uh, I just found out I have a brother from another mother. <laughs> you know, yeah. and you're just like, yeah. what? And I so, added color to his life. She had, yeah. yeah. I added like, color to oh, his life. Oh, it's interesting with Christy. Right? Yeah. She said, I have a brother in Canada. And I'm like, you do? Like, and yeah. we've been married for a while, right? I'm like, in my life, that didn't happen because, you know, yeah. my parents... Well, we're that you we're know together the yeah. entire time. Well, yeah, that we know. I, I, but, will, I will say that Kenny has done a really good job of just being along for the ride. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a, it, yeah, an interesting one. Wait, 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 wait. You have a sister and that, wait, we have a niece that just came into the bit. Yeah, it's been. Yeah, yeah, there's been multiple people. I think there's like five. Yeah. I think a, a, it's a total, whole other podcast. total of five yeah, that's, people that podcast have. podcast 47 yeah. on that one. Right. It's it been introduced. So the, so the family has actually grown. <laughs> You know, and I've met some of them, and, and you, they're beautiful people. Yeah, they are. They're so much fun, and I, it's neat to see that. Like when I met them in Jackson Hole, was it last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was last mm-hmm. last yes. year. Yes, yeah. last year. You're yes. like, you guys seem like you've been friend buddy, you know, family Forever. for twenty years, and you're like, but now, and I didn't know that until literally like tonight, that that kind of came in later in life. Yeah, you know, and it's really weird to 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 start getting everybody together and say, you're part of my family and 
come meet my family and then we all go on like a trip together so we can yeah. all communicate with each other and it's it really has been an interesting it, it, it was ride. a whole other um part of my life where i had to check myself because i found myself getting angry mm. at my mom mm. and my grandparents grandparents too for my mom giving up a child that uh, we didn't get to know or bond with and then missing out on that sure. relationship and then having to you know navigate that later and i found myself kind of like being angry and frustrated about that and then i had to go back to like what you said diana they did the best with what they knew and i had to reconcile all of that with you know i wasn't there i don't know what that meant or looked like it was obviously different and yeah. accept it and and then try to be where you are and 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 mindful of that and be happy with that i have a i have a question i have a question for you kenny because um and i know we're probably getting a little long we might want to wrap yeah, up a little MCs. bit but um <laughs> i want to say a couple things because christy won uh christy i'm just gonna give you my version of what i think of christy and then I want to hear your version of what it's like to be married to such a strong, independent woman. Um, so that's I'm letting you think about it. For that's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast. But one Christy story, you just touched on the surface. I just want to be clear. There's just really there's so much more depth and so much more to your story. Um, but there's it's a whole lot to share. Like and being respectful of just all parties involved and um but christy is an i mean this is my this is my perception of christy and what i've learned about her she is the most amazing woman so independent woman career woman but she's an incredible mother she's an incredible friend i would say which is a, a huge i mean if you want a friend if you want a girlfriend um and i say this I can share pretty much, and I say anything with you, um, it's being able to talk about everything and knowing, I know you're not going to go, well, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> like, or I don't feel judged. Let's just be like when we're going through all the challenges with children and all the different things, you have suffered a loss. I can't understand, um, the loss of your son. You have went through so much in your life. And like I said, I'm just saying, you've only touched the surface. But I appreciate what you have shared because I think our audience, I think people will, you are giving hope because life is not freaking easy. And, but if you make a choice, you can overcome. But to segue into Kenny... Because I think it takes a really strong man to be married to a really independent woman. Who, Thank you. Um, well, and I haven't even said this stuff of she's smoking hot. She's beautiful. But she is one of the most loving, wonderful women I know. So I'm grateful I have her in my life. But I want to hear what your, what's it like to be married me cry. to an independent woman. Because I don't think all men can do, I mean, I really, it's a shift in society yeah. Where women, I believe, are coming into their own and fighting for their relevance. Of I have so many questions. They're, you know, they're equal pay. Just there's so much. I mean, women, 
I've always found women inspiring, and um, but I find men inspiring as well. But I yeah. just do. Could you want to answer that? Or? Sure. I mean, I I think um, Christy and I met. I mean, our story. We met at work. The first thing that I that I really noticed about Christy was her laugh. And she has a great yeah, I know she has a great laugh. Yeah. It's very contagious, and uh-huh. and so it. The more I was around her. I learned that she was a problem solver and that she was mm. an optimist um, as far as, you know, getting things done. She always knew that there was a way to get it done. She just needed to learn it. So she was very open, which, you know, for bringing on an employee, you know, that you, you get some people that don't, you have to tell them everything to do, right? Mm-hmm. So. And, and the other thing that I learned about her early on is that she was a good leader because she was able to lead other people. And it was just very natural for her. Say she's a natural leader, yeah. Yeah. And so then, and then as I got to know her, um, I figured out who she was like more on the personal side of things. And really understood that she was a great mom that she was loving and caring and you know i was brought up in a mormon family background where the mom didn't work and so i had a little i had some reservations at the beginning i was like going well you know cute but but you're working like you're not at home taking care of which is a a whole whole nother deal (laughs) you know but it's but she was able to manage both and as i got to know her that that was a very cool piece of her i'm like oh my gosh this this woman is taking care of the financial piece for her family and she's also you know a great mom she's handling that that piece and one of the things that you, that we haven't mentioned, she actually owned a tanning salon at one time. That was like her first venture. <laughs> Why she, am I not surprised? Yeah, she actually bought. She's a, covering her face. She right bought now. a tanning salon, and that. that was her first entrepreneurial, you know, deal. A little fake and bake. Yeah, a little fake and bake way back when. But I think that um, you know what I found with 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 Christy and she for anything that's thrown at her she doesn't cave and I think that probably goes through her childhood and you know goes back to that armor that she put on yeah man like early on in life Early, early, early on. on. Like 15. Who moves out at 15 or 16, right? Yeah. And, has to and who at age that? 12 says, I'm doing this. Exactly. And so I think that she, for some reason, through her life and her trials and tribulations, has, you know, she put that on, that armor on, and she's just like muscled through every... Mm-hmm different thing that we've gone through and you know we've gone through a lot of a lot of stuff i mean life always throws tons of stuff at you and you never know what's going to happen but her first 
every time that something like this happens to our family, whether it was the loss of our son or whether it was financial stuff, you know, and just going through the different ebbs and flows that we've all gone through over the last 30 years is that she never cowards to, to, she might like take a couple days off, but then it's always, let's go. What am I going to do? Let's figure this out. Let's, you know, let's, I'll throw out a crazy term, whiteboard. What's that anymore? Like you get a marker and you whiteboard out your life and you figure out how you're going to, mm-hmm. you know, get from one one scenario to the next. And we just tried to, to you know, figure it out. So I think that some of her best attributes is just putting her head down and plowing through it. And then you get to the other side and it's always better if you just don't give up. And that's... Wow, Kenny. You know. That's huge, man. You get to experience every day that right. you have this workhorse right next to you. Yeah, and I've always appreciated... Like, the income thing for us has always gone... It's, it's a teeter-totter thing. Like, one of us was up and one of us was down. But we always appreciated each other it wasn't if she's making more money than i'm making at the time uh it was really a team effort no i i would say um i'm so grateful that i have a husband that supports me 150 percent. he has my back he has zero um issues with where i'm at in my position or financially he's you know we joke about how much you know, I come home at the end of the day and if he happens, if he's home, I have dinner on the table and a glass of wine. Like he is never, has he ever once said, I can't believe you're still at the office or mm. it's seven and you have, you know, you're still there. The guy is 150% my cheerleader and behind yeah. me. Team and, Christy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I go through a crazy, oh, let's, you know, start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You know, all behind me 100%. You know, when we started the foundation, you know, there was no question. He's 150% behind yeah. me. So I, you know, I, I think that I'm, I'm super fortunate to have a strong man behind me. So um, with that said, which thanks, Kenny, I think that's awesome. Yeah. And I think it's true. I don't think that's the case for everybody. Um, but if you could give or share one one thing for young girls or um, just some insight to empowering, because our whole goal in this podcast mm-hmm. is to empower women, um, to have real conversations. Yeah. And, you know, the truth is nobody's perfect. Yeah. Nobody's, I am. Nobody, well, Scott thinks he's perfect. I am. The journey is not perfect, and yet we are really hard on ourselves. But I, I admire um, women supporting women. But yeah. you are one of the strongest women I know. You well, have we been know a through. Lot. Thank you. We know a lot of strong, amazing women. You. We do. We have. We're surrounded by yeah. a lot of strong, amazing yeah. women. But what is one thing you? Is there something that you, know, you would share with somebody to encourage them to, to grow, learn, stay in the fight? Um, oh gosh, that's like a loaded question because there's so much. And I to have it, like a second or third question. And that's Sorry. awesome. But, you know, be, because I was at the age that I made the decision, 
at a time where you probably would not, you would, it wouldn't have been embraced as me do having that decision of saying, I'm going to be this and, and whatever that looked like that I went, that I had the ability to just, I went in, I feel like I went in and I think that young girls just, um, have to find their power with whatever they've been dealt and go for whatever that dream is. And, and I don't want to be cliche in that, you know, you can do anything that you want and you set your mind to. Um, but sometimes, you know, it's just getting out of the situation that you're in. And that's a win. And that's a win. And women are very just innately we're just very, I think we're just amazing powerful strength the strength that we have is I think it's just in it's in us and we just have to dig deep and fight for it um and we all have it mm-hmm. we all have it yeah and it's a choice because it's very easy to say, I had this life and go down a different path. Mm-hmm. That's an easy thing to do. And if you do that, you know, I'm not, sometimes that's okay because that's all you have. But find your power and fight for what you want. Mm, I love that. All right, so... <laughs> What was the quote you told your kids? You want a man, but not rely on him? What was it? It was, yeah. you want a man, but you don't need him. But you don't need him. So, at age 16 on, what kind of man did Christy want? Did you have a vision for what the man that you were going to be with? Yeah. You've been married, right. whatever. But did you have a vision that he's got to have A, B, C? Or did you even just go, I didn't ever, I never even thought about that. I, I never had a criteria other than, really? uh, yeah, I just, I wanted to be with somebody that I connected with and that I respected and I wanted someone that was well balanced, but I, I never, it was never a focus for me. Oh, he's got to have a degree or he needs to have this bank account or this job because I didn't need that. So it was never a focus for me. It was some, I want to be with somebody that I'm, that I fall in love with, that I'm passionate about, that I'm like. And when you say connected, like I said, I'm sitting here thinking of 19 year old Christy, who's never really had a strong male role model. And obviously there's a connection with people in the sense of looks and he's fun, he makes me laugh or whatever it is. But just listing of how you grew up, I would think that there's got to be a little, he needs to have, and I'm totally using this out of this conversation today. If he doesn't have a plan in five years to own his own business or to be a doctor or whatever, did you have any of that? No, no. So you could find a guy who just is a great guy and says... I want to be a landscaper the rest of my life. And you would be like, he's my guy? I wanted, I did want or an did equal. you ever? I wanted an equal. I wanted to feel that I had somebody that was in the same place that I was, wherever that was in my life. Um, 
I, I can't say that I was that specific. Um, I will say, you know, growing up in an alcoholic environment, I never felt like I had a choice. Ooh, God. Look, so I felt like never had I, a choice. I felt like I was I, I had to go through that. And so I did decide and say to myself at a young age that I won't have that. I've always said there's sometimes it's more powerful to know what you don't want right. than what you know. Well, what do you want? I don't know. But I know I don't want that. Yeah. It's almost more powerful or relevant. Yeah. I don't know what the future holds, but I know I'm not doing that. I don't want that. And I, I felt like when I left and I could make, and I was making my own choices, that that was going to be something that I was not going to be okay with. When did you, when you said you're making your own choices, you left at 16, living in with a friend. Mm hmm when did you feel like you came into your own? When, when was, has Christy arrived? Um, when did you just go... 50. <laughs> last month. When we started the podcast. I think it's, I think it's today. Yeah. No, no, but when... I mean, did you have a moment go, fuck, all right, okay, we're doing okay. You know... I, I think Do you it's ever a have that? No, I think it's a constant battle, and I think that we're so hard on ourselves, and we constantly judge where we're at. Um, I remember turning 30 and being more depressed when I turned 30 than when I turned 40. Really? And it was because I didn't think I was where I thought I was going to be at 30. I had a vision of what I wanted, where I was going to be financially, security-wise, and I wasn't there yet. And so I was beating myself up at 30 thinking that I had to have it all figured out. And I, I, I can picture myself. I was walking over to my stereo, turning it up because I'm turning 30. And I was like, God, I was depressed. I was not happy where, where I was. It was in my house. And I was turning the on the radio, the house we live in. And I'll never forget thinking, this is not, I thought it was going to be different. I thought I was going to be in a better place in terms of where I was financially career all of that stuff and i'm gonna stop you right there at 30 you live in a beautiful house in cottonwood heights with amazing view of the valley not too shabby at 30. <laughs> that's true i know but, I but like, you still I, had you I still had... thought in the sense that you wanted to be in a bigger house or make more money or what was that what do you I mean you wanted, wanted to be, to be... In a bigger house i just wanted to be in a in a career where i was thriving and I always wanted to be a leader and I wasn't quite there Ooh, yet. How do you and, know you want to be a leader? Um, That's a question. I just saw myself in a leader position at a young age and I just didn't know what that looked like or what it was going to be and I had no clue obviously. I was so young. And 30, but where were you? In 30s, I was... Um, what were you doing? I was working as a... Um, I think I was... We were in a... I was a processor. I was in a mortgage processing. Um, I, I had owned my own company. Yeah. Uh, but I still, salon. I, well, I also owned a mortgage company, oh. and I, but I wasn't, I still, I just didn't feel like I was where I wanted to be. But when I turned 40, I was like, I felt a little more settled and I felt a little bit more okay, even though, you know, I still had stuff. So I, when you, so your question was, when did I feel like I was like, when did you arrive? When did I arrive? I feel like in my 50, like turning 50, I was like, you know what? You've had a pretty good life. You've had a lot of stuff. You've had a lot of shit. But you're 
kind of badass. And see, and that's when I met you. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you've survived a lot of stuff. Yeah. You um, work I... with a lot of amazing people, and you have an amazing career, and you've it's taken a lot of work to get here and you did that work and you're doing you're where you always thought you would be this is i'm in the position that i always thought i would be now today yeah today and do you do you appreciate that do you celebrate that Do you, um, do you sit there, the 50-year-old Christy? My 50-year-old self. Do you um, go, hey, babe, you've done pretty good. I probably don't do that. As, Have as, you ever done that? Um, after maybe four glasses of wine, I probably do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, We're say, on two and a half. I want to say really quick, last night you talked about, we, we, did a, we, we recorded an episode last night, and after we were talking about just the differences in life and where we are as women and our kids are grown and for the most part they're grown and um and how we have the time and the ability but also i think with age of being open exploring and kind of it's more of a journey like we have time to focus more on kind of mentioned that a little yeah, bit I, last night. I, I think women really don't come into themselves until about this point in life. I think we I think women really um, start surpassing. I would agree with that. When we hit this age, whereas and I think you talked about it or somebody was talking about it where men I think maybe it was you was that mean. men um, are kind of like at their prime and we're still doing all of this work in our young age with the being a mother Raising and working babies. and all that stuff. And then the kids are raised and we start like elevating to this level and start finding ourselves and figuring out who we are and we're diving into who we are. Like we're committed. We're who are we and what are we doing? Yeah. And our spouses kind of like go, okay, wait a minute, you know, there, there's a stagnant piece that takes place in the relationship. Kenny, this came from a article I read yesterday from the Wall Street Journal where it talks about people who are about ready to retire and men who are about ready to retire say 65% of the men say their best friend is their spouse women who are about ready to retire 35% say it's their spouse but the rest are their girlfriends oh wow so when men retire they look to their wife, spouse, I would assume, and say, hey, we're doing this thing together. And the wife's like, oh, I got Sally and Sarah and da-da-da-da. We're going walking yeah. in every day. And it creates the like this divide of like, well, I want to spend my rest of my life with you. And they're like, well, yeah, so do I, but I got all this stuff going on. Because you have the freedom to do um, whatever. To do more. Because when you're raising your kids, you know, even if you work, you still have mom guilt. 
you deal with mom guilt where dads never deal with dad guilt. I mean, right. that I've heard of. No, we're fun dads. We get to, we get to I, do all the fun yeah. stuff. Well, it's just, you, you know, it's like it's been this natural role of you get up and you provide and you go to work. But even if the woman provides, we still feel guilty. Yeah. I'm not saying everybody, mm-hmm. and this is not, you know, this is We're just, not prescribing this, but this is kind of like work. I think a lot yeah. of women that we have talked to and we know, you know, you're trying to juggle it all. So when your kids are finally grown, you finally go, man, I can do what I re- what I want to do. Pick and men are, and what do I want to do? Men have been doing what they want to do. Yeah, we're like, what do I want to yeah. do? And who am I? Who what do I like? Yeah. And who do I want to spend my time with? And all of that stuff. And yeah. so I think we really, at middle age, we kind of go. We come into it. We come into our, our best yeah. selves. And I would say this, especially about you too. You are a force. Like you come into your own. And it's not like, oh, I want to do a podcast. We're effing doing a podcast. And we're going to do the shit I know. out of that I mean, it's, it's like, who, like, who wants to do a podcast? Uh, okay, I mean, but it's like you are a force because you're like, we can do this. We're going to do it. If you put your mind to it, and it, it, everybody says that, but I feel like women in their 40s and 50s have like, they've struggled and worked hard, and they're like, if I want to do whatever, if I want to run a triathlon, you're yeah. running a triathlon in a year, whatever it is. I mean, whatever the goal is. I mean, humans are amazing, but women are pretty fucking remarkable. Yeah, and we in the 40s or 50s are like, oh, we've worked all our life and whatever. We're kind of like, you know, getting out of it. And you guys are like... We're just starting. We're just starting. Yeah. And one of the things I can, and I can attest to Kenny this, we love strong, powerful women. We don't want someone who's just like, whatever you want to do, babe. You know, that's not what we like. But then, you know, when we become your executive producers and, you know, you make us cook for you, it's a whole different story. <laughs> but, you love it. But. And we know, I mean, seriously, if I'm going to be here three to four nights a week. <laughs> dinner. Nights, days. It's my bed turned down. And nights. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's turned down. It's, it's coffee ready. It's 830. It's turned down service. And you have my coffee and my cup. <laughs> And my sugar displayed yeah. when I get yes, up in the morning. Yes, no, let's yes. just be clear. Yeah. Kenny does that for you. Yeah. But we have Scott a concierge. Doesn't drink coffee. <laughs> someone asked me if that. someone was here. Like this was it was your stepdad. He was here and like, hey, you want a cup of coffee? I'm like, I don't know how to work that thing. It's a Keurig. <laughs> if people don't know, it's a Keurig. I don't know how to work it. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. Well, I'm going to wrap up. Let's wrap up with yeah. saying that um, I don't. I've not like done a lot of this diving deep into my history. So I appreciate, you know, the questions and the opportunity to share my story. It's tough and it's hard. It's also healing. I would I think, think so. I think sharing your story so. is super healing. I, I recommend everybody shares their story um, because there's so much um, to who we are. And I think it, it it's part of who we are and we need to celebrate that. Uh, I also have to, you know, say it's very, it's hard to hear people say things about you like you and Kenny just shared um, it's hard to sit there quietly and allow that space for someone to love and appreciate the person that you are um, I'm grateful and I'm and I'm humbled that you know those are your thoughts uh, but it, and it feels it feels amazing to hear it so thank you for you know 
saying that and thinking that and um well, I don't think we just think it we know it <laughs> you know we're there we live it yeah. every day with you and so it's fun to honor you and well thank you and I can't wait till we get to you know do a turn the mic on Deanna <laughs> that'd be a hell of a story and I would I would add this too it's like I said I started the conversation with what's your story you have an amazing story I mean, like I said, when I get in front, of, uh, when I get into work mode, and someone says, "Well, where are you from, Scott?" I mean, I, I know my, I know my two-minute spiel. Yeah. Christy, you have an amazing story, and you, if you can condense it and honor it and just say it with confidence, you would inspire so many more people. Because when I asked that question, "What's your story?" you were like, mm. "Well, you you spend your life." kind of hiding your story I know and it's how you power through to some level so you have to kind of leave your story so that you can power through and when you get to a point in your life where you, you can know. where you can like honor your story which you know for some happens sooner than others for me it didn't happen till my late 40s okay this is huge what you just said you've got to leave some of your story so that you can create a story and honor it, right? Right. Think of the 21-year-old single mom with two kids right now who's listening to this. Mm. That's the impact that you guys can have on these women. Of like, we've been there, we've done it. You get through it, you survive, you keep moving forward, you keep pushing. And it's not ugly. I mean, it's not pretty. It's ugly. It's ugly. But in the end, look at where you are, and you couldn't be where you are if you didn't have that. Not that you, like, yearn for that. Right. But that's what shapes you to never give up, to keep pushing, and to keep growing. And that's when I'm sitting there, like, like I told you last night, I've got some a client, a single woman with three kids who's going through a rough time right now. She's sitting there going, I don't know what to do. And this is where I think two examples of there are probably numerous times of going, I don't know what to do. Right. And you just do. And, and you just do, you do but you keep doing it. And you and it's, you know, one hour at a time, one day at a time, whatever that looks like. But um, that's the beautiful part of pieces of a woman. Yeah. It's all the pieces. It's and everything. We honor and celebrate every single one of those pieces. Because it's who we are. Yeah. Today. Okay, I'm gonna end with a few quick questions. More questions. No, quick questions. Okay. And you can edit this out if this is stupid. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Favorite candy. Whatchamacallit? Whatchamacallit? That will oh not I oh, not have thought of that. Over gummy bears. Oh my god. Oh my god. I, hold on. I I have to Whatchamacallit is one thing, Reese's Peanut oh, uh, not my, Reese's Peanut yes. Butter Cups. So Whatchamacallit is my she favorite candy. She will eat those uh, as a kid. As a, as a kid, Whatchamacallit is my favorite. But my go-to is Peanut Butter Cups, Trader Joe's. And my husband buys that shit and puts it on the <laughs> side of my bed. Oh, my God. And so when they ask you, what's on the side of your bed? Trader Joe Peanut Butter Cups. Uh -huh. And I eat eight of them before so I go to sweet. sleep every night. That is so awesome. Kenny, props to Kenny. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
I first paying job ever. Dishwasher at Denny's restaurant. Love it. How old were you? 14. What's something on your bucket list that you haven't done yet? Write a book. Ooh, good one. First car you ever bought? Convertible Camaro. Convertible, what year was that? I want to uh, I want to say it was like an 80. It was old. It was an old one. I, I, I was only able to buy it because I was in a car accident and had an insurance policy that paid out and I used the money to buy that car. Nice. My first car. Favorite cuss word? Fuck. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. And that's, that's a wrap. That's, that's a wrap. wrap. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you think someone could benefit, please share. If there's a conversation you think we should be having or a topic that resonated with you, please let us know. You can engage and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Pieces of a Woman Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. If you listen to us on Apple, leave us a five-star rating and a comment. 